This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. Mobile payments, EMV, and emerging authentication technologies. What will financial institutions make investments in in 2011? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Don Rhodes, Senior Director of Risk Management Policy for the American Bankers Association. Rhodes, who returned this week from the Emerging Retail Payments Risk Issues Conference, hosted by the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, shares his insights about the future of payments in 2011. Don, from your perspective, how grounded or informed is the industry about innovations in mobile payments? Well, Tracy, uh, thanks for this opportunity. Uh, uh, I honestly think that uh, the financial services industry uh, has been and continues to be uh, in, in really in the forefront uh, of innovations uh, in mobile payments. Uh, as you know, with uh, the emergence of, of smartphones over the past five or six years, Mobile banking has already become a delivery channel of choice for many consumers. Consumers are already initiating payments using their smartphone. I think the next logical step is moving to using a smartphone for contactless point of sale and possibly even to becoming a mobile wallet. And what other types of emerging technologies do you feel that the industry has a handle on? When I'm talking about emerging technologies, I'm talking about EMV, tokenization, authentication, and encryption. How informed is the financial industry overall? Tracy, uh, again, the industry has been following uh, many of these issues uh, and advances very closely uh, and has and can, has continued to work uh, closely uh, with technology providers uh, really to determine if there's a real business case uh, to implement some of these. Uh, you mentioned uh, EMV, for example. Uh, EMV, or chip technology, uh, has emerged uh, as a technology of choice in many nations around the world. Uh, in those nations, though, it was a response to a need for better card security in areas of the world where the high cost of telecom prohibited real-time transaction authorization. Uh, in those areas, implementing EMV has appeared to have reduced card present fraud. In the U.S., uh, conversely, we have a robust and reasonably priced real-time authorization capability, so that has never really been a driver for implementation for for EMV here. Uh, I think the U.S. may, in fact, move to adopt EMV and and may move relatively soon, but it will be for different reasons. Uh, And I I think it may be a unique version of EMV that, of course, would have to be compatible with, with EMV globally. Uh, On the other issues, I think banks continue to perform uh, risk management assessments on uh, their online banking uh, authentication methods and uh, and update those as necessary. Uh, And they continue to to evaluate and update uh, uh, any of these uh, these online banking authentication methods and and look at new ones. Uh, I think uh, encryption and tokenization uh, continue to be uh, evaluated, uh, but honestly, Banks have to continue to analyze the, the real delivered security and convenience versus the cost of, of those technologies. So, so that's, that's a little harder to do. And, Don, where do you see merchants falling into this fold? How do financial institutions communicate or work with merchants to align payment security strategies as well as innovation? Well, Tracy, of course, merchants have to be a part of the whole payments discussion uh, as the cost of, 
of implementing any new technology is, is certainly shared with them. We have to be sure that really the concerns of small merchants as well are, are taken into consideration. I think it's one thing for a major big box retailer uh, to be able to absorb the cost of uh, changing POS devices to accept contactless REMV, but to a small merchant that cost can be a real challenge. Uh, I do know that through the card brands, through uh, industry associations, and through direct discussions, uh, some large merchants, issuers, and the brands have been talking about these options for, for quite some time. And we have to remember that the brands and, and many card issuers, as well as some of these large merchants, operate globally and they already use EMV and ship, for example, around the world. Uh, as I say, there has to be a business case for everyone involved when you talk about such major possible changes in the payment system. Uh, but I do know that those discussions have been ongoing for some time. Now, what do you see as being the top trends in payments and mobile in 2011? And some of this may build from some of the information that you took from the conference this week. The conference was, was excellent, uh, and I think, uh, I think you'll see potentially the use of, of mobile payments using so-called near-field communication or, or contactless being moved from pilot or beta into production sometime in the coming year. Uh, some of the largest uh, American banks have been very active in testing, and I think you'll actually see this soon. Uh, and I think uh, once those do roll out uh, into uh, widespread uh, availability, I think you'll see uh, major U.S. vendors that, that support community and regional banks uh, move very rapidly to, to offer the service for them as well. Uh, I think the discussion about EMV uh, will move forward significantly uh, because everyone involved, merchants, issuers, and consumers, know that, that payments fraud, particularly card fraud, cost us all, and it's to everyone's advantage to use technology to combat that fraud. And chip technology uh, is one that has gained a great deal of global acceptance. Now, you mentioned earlier that you thought that the U.S. may move to some form of EMV or chip-based technology, but it may be a little bit different than what's used in other parts of the world. Do you think the difference here would be the connection to mobile? I don't know that, that the connection to mobile combined with EMV would, it would be that critical. I don't know that there's a lot of connection there. Uh, I think uh, the mobile development uh, is going to move in a different direction. Uh, because the, the chip technology, the EMV technology, is really a card-present technology, whereas uh, uh, you actually slide the chip into a reader. The ability to, to conduct contactless transactions requires a little different technology, so uh, um, there is a little bit of a difference there. Now, we noted earlier that you recently attended this conference that was hosted by the Retail Payments Forum, where mobile payments and emerging payment card standards such as EMV were discussed at length. What were the top five takeaways from your perspective as they relate to that discussion specifically? Well, you're putting me on the spot now, Tracy. Uh, uh, five takeaways. I, uh. I, to be honest, I've already mentioned uh, two of those. Uh, that would be the, the move from, from pilot programs to widespread adoption of, of mobile payments uh, particularly using near-field communication. Uh, the second, I think, may, may be that EMV and chip technology for cards may move closer to adoption in the U.S., and I think that will probably happen soon. 
the third, I think, uh, would have to be that person-to-person uh, -person payments, or P2P, will continue to evolve. And I'm talking about electronic P2P here. You know, P2P really isn't new. We, we do that with cash and checks now uh, and some electronic alternatives. But uh, consumers can today initiate direct money transfers to another person through a bank, non-bank, or a credit card. And there are different benefits and risk profiles to each of these. Uh, and banks, quite frankly, have been late to the game here. But I think banks are taking a very close look at electronic P2P services. And many may decide that this is a service that, that they should consider offering. I think the, the fourth takeaway from the conference that, uh, that, that really impressed me, and, and uh, quite frankly, uh, I knew this but, but had forgotten, is cross-border payments. I think cross-border payments are becoming increasingly an issue for all banks, not just the largest banks. Uh, there are some challenges here as, as there are different law enforcement uh, and, and regulatory structures that, that govern payments in the U.S. compared to other countries. And there are emerging technologies that are enabling new cross-border payment channels, some of which may fall outside existing regulatory structures both here and abroad. I think this is going to continue to be a challenge for mid-sized and smaller community banks uh, because more and more of them uh, are, in fact, conducting cross-border payments today and will be challenged to absolutely increase those. And I think that the fifth uh, is, is the use of social networks to transact payments. Uh, the popularity of, of social networking sites has opened a lot of new channels for, for criminals to target phishing and, and malware attacks. But I think uh, recently we've seen some social networks begin offering payment facilities. And while these may offer consumers some convenience and certainly familiarity, they also open them up to the fraudsters. So I, I think something this is something that, that banks are going to have to watch. Now, Don, if a move to EMV were adopted in the United States, what would the priorities or first considerations be, and how might a move to chip-based debit transactions impact interchange, if at all? Well, obviously, uh, all participants in the payment chain would have to agree to, to adopt chip and pin or EMV. Uh, certainly, there are costs uh, involved to do this uh, for the merchants uh, of all sizes to, uh, to upgrade their POS devices. Uh, there are costs to the issuing banks uh, to issue the, the EMV cards. And there would have to be certainly a transition period to accomplish this, which, which has been done in other countries. So it wouldn't be an overnight transition. Uh, I think consumer education will also be a factor. I think while EMV, may, EMV cards uh, may offer greater anti-fraud protection than a magnetic stripe, they're not completely fail-safe. Criminals may find it harder to commit fraud with a chip card but it is possible. And we have to look at, at the challenge of card-not-present fraud, online fraud, which uh, EMV currently uh, cannot do unless you have some sort of a device that uh, will allow you to, to utilize that card in an online environment. Uh, so it's an incremental step uh, toward greater security, and there are a lot of parts here. Regarding interchange, I have to tell you, I really, really don't know. I don't think we can automatically look to other countries as a guide here as our payment system has developed differently. With the adoption of, of Dodd-Franks uh, and with the Federal Reserve having new powers regarding debit interchange, 
I think it's just too early to know. I think how the Fed establishes debit interchange limits will certainly impacts, impact banks' uh, revenue streams from debit cards, and certainly EMB will cost banks a lot to implement. So there's no doubt that, that a bank's revenue stream will, will have an impact on whether or not they can afford to change to a new technology, and if so, will that cost be passed on to the consumer in some way? And are there any final thoughts before we close, John, that you'd like to share about your perspective on payments? Tracy, I've, I've been around this business a long time, and, and for a, a pretty simple business of being a, a financial intermediary, we've become a, a pretty sophisticated, complex industry, and payments are obviously a big part of our industry. If there's anything for sure, uh, the payments business will continue to evolve and, and will evolve faster than we may imagine. Uh, Banks are, are challenged to provide safe, convenient, and accessible payment options uh, for both their consumer and, and business customers. And with increasing regulatory burdens, increased cost, uh, and criminals continuing to attack our banks and our customers, I think the challenge of, of providing payment services gets harder and harder. But I have, I have no doubt that the industry in this country uh, won't be able to continue to be a vital part of our economy. And, continue to provide safe and convenient payment options uh, uh, for everyone involved. Don, I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you, Tracy. I always uh, enjoy talking with you. Again, we've just heard from Don Rhodes, Senior Director of Risk Management Policy for the American Bankers Association. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy King. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.